Hi there, everyone. I'm Fox News' Rube Raj. On the January 18th edition of Let It Rip, we talked about electric cars. Are sales really cooling? And is the Biden administration pushing this on people? Is it viable? We have both sides. Plus, Christina Caramo, she says she's still the chair of the GOP here in Michigan. But someone else disagrees and says she wants the spot. She's on the show with us, and it gets heated. With that, let's let it rip. Tonight on Letter Rip, Metro Detroit is not all that's in a deep freeze. Electric vehicle sales are ice cold, even though some say they're the future. And a well-known auto analyst says that's still true. Our Letter Rip panel is diving into what it'll take to get Americans to do the electric slide. But first, with a little more than a month to go before Michigan's primary, there are key questions. Who the heck is running the Michigan GOP? Christina Caramo says she's still chair. But a group of her fellow Republicans say she's out. We're diving into who could take over and how it could impact a huge election cycle. It all starts right now. And so time now to let it rip with Lena Epstein, who's vying for state Republican chair right now. Republican State Senator Jim Runstead and former Democratic State Representative and former candidate for Senate, Leslie Love. Fox 2 anchored attorney Charlie Langton with us as well. And uh, Leslie, congratulations on a run. I know for the Senate seat you decided just earlier today, hey, I'm going to call it quits for this particular race. Yeah, Stay tuned, you. more to come. In the meantime, yeah. we got to begin with Lena Epstein. You want this job, but hey, I got a question for you. Who's in charge of the Republican Party in the state of Michigan as of tonight? As of right now, Chairman Melinda Pago is doing an incredible job holding the fort down. She's a very capable leader, and she has my trust and the trust of the base. She's no longer on the website, Lena. Uh, and Christina Karama will tell you, no, this was illegitimate. They didn't follow the bylaws. There's no way. I'm still the chairperson. You don't believe that. Unfortunately, that's really no longer true. Um, there was a special meeting on January 6th of the state committee, and Christina Caramo was voted out, and Melinda Pago is the acting chair. And on Saturday, we're going to have a special election to elect our new chair. We had a quorum. The state committee spoke. And unfortunately, now it is time for Christina Caramo to move on to other things. So the meeting didn't go against the bylaws? The meeting of January 6th was in accordance with the bylaws, and we followed the bylaws. I was not in the room when I say we, I say the members of state committee. They spoke, they acted in accordance with the bylaws, and we are delighted uh, to have an opportunity to come together and be successful for November. Okay, let's rewind one year, Charlie and Jim and Leslie and uh, Lena, here we go. One year ago, um, this is what was said by someone named Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. As you know, the highest priorities for your next chairperson will include fundraising, uniting the party, and mobilizing Republican voters ahead of the 2024 election, which is so critical. Trump said that to DiPerno last year when he was endorsing him. Caramo didn't do that. Jim Runn said, is anybody doing that in the Republican Party? Right now, I, as in terms of the statewide chair, I'm not seeing that kind of effort at all. It's, uh, it's discouraging. The Republican base has been discouraged with some of the, basically the way things operated in the establishment. They were not listening to the base. They were not producing the kind of results that they wanted. Uh, in fact, we got slacked in the last few cycles. And then on top of that, some of the consultants were really uh, out there taking and basically taking the money uh, uh, and, and charging real huge premiums. There was a lot of uh, upset. Uh, that, I think, is what uh, brought Christine Caramo in. Um, however, the uh, fundraising has been virtually non-existent. Um, 
I've been more discouraged in this cycle than I've ever been in the Republican, uh, my time in the Republican Party, because of the division in the party. I Are think, you embarrassed to be a Republican in the uh, state of Michigan? I'm not embarrassed to be a Republican. I just think we, we need somebody who's going to bring all the factions together. It can't be done. Uh, I think people are just waiting for outreach and listen to what I'm having to say. That, that's been a major problem. I'm incredibly proud to be a Republican tonight, and I think that our platform is a message that will resound with voters statewide. We have so much at stake heading into November. The presidency, an open U.S. Senate seat in the state. But, Lena, all the infighting that's happening right now isn't between Republicans who are fighting against Democrats. It's between Republicans fighting with Republicans. That can't be good for the party. It's a moment of strife, but we have our brightest moment right around the corner. The grassroots have spoken. The people have spoken. They want a new chair. Charlie, I want to get to you in a moment. I got to talk to Leslie Love here. Uh, the hottest fires make the hardest steel. Uh, is that what we're seeing here with the making of the next version of the Republican Party? Or you know Ms. Cromwell, you've met her once. Yes. Do you think that she failed the you Republican know, Party? You know, um, I think this is what's going to happen in February when we have our presidential primary or even just before then will be very telling for the Republican Party and the Democratic Party. Uh, when Donald Trump comes to town, he's going to tell the Republican who's the chair of their party. What and do you so think who, he would say today? Oh, we ooh. Stay tuned. I have no idea. Oh, I can for me to predict what's in his mind and can't touch that. Charlie Langton. Um, not from, me. No, no, not no, you. No, We're no. not going to elect you. From a legal point of view here, Karamo is rejecting the attempts as illegitimate to remove her. And she's basically <clears throat> saying, look, she did this with the Michigan Secretary of State, Ray. She said she never conceded. And now she's saying, I'm not removed. What do we have happening here in the Republican Party? I think the Republicans are in a state of disarray, but they really can't do much worse than they did last election. So anything is better. It's true. Uh, but I think the Republicans, I think the Democrats are laughing all the way. They don't care. It's going to be a, it's going to be a sweep of the Democrats this time around. I know Lena, she's very positive and, and you need that. But the problem is, I think we said it last time, a good leader brings people together when they have varying opinions. And I'm not sure there's anyone that I know of in the Republican Party. Listen, they just barely got a Senate candidate uh, not too long ago. Well, a I actually of them. think there's, so there's an about other yeah. problems. There's an incredible amount of order inside of the Republican Party. It's gone public that we have essentially fired Christina Caramo. But if you could see the, the delegates and the activists organized and the way that they're moving forward tonight, after this special election, it's going to be the dawn of a new day. We will let the is courts. Abortion still on the ballot? Is abortion still a part of the platform for the Republicans? It is a part of our national platform, yes. But Lena, how is this? How would you say it's in order when you have a chairperson who says that she is still the chairperson who's not, yet Melinda Pago is until you decide to run. This that, that doesn't sound like any semblance of order. And another one, there's a lawsuit that she's filing against you as well, saying stop using our logos, our names, and stop defaming us in your emails. No one even knows who the logo or the name belongs to. In, that doesn't sound like order. Interestingly enough, I've never actually used the Michigan Republican Party logo in any of my communications. Um, she, it's, it's fine if she wants to name me in a lawsuit. It's a frivolous lawsuit. It won't go anywhere. But in the end, the meeting of January 6th will ultimately be decided by the courts. We have asked the RNC to weigh in. The RNC will decide what they think is best. And in the meantime, the courts will rule very quickly. Jim, who's in she, charge here? She's, she's absolutely correct. Um, it's going to be decided in the courts. And it's going to be decided by the National Republican Party. That's where this is going to default to. And I think Charlie's absolutely wrong. The passion out there mm -hmm. is like I have never seen before. Uh, Trump is ahead in the 
the polls. Uh, Biden is this uh, this balloon, uh, air-headed balloon out there that has no control over anything. Except for uh, the this, country that wow. is wow. right yeah, now. Terrifying. 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 Well, but perhaps yeah, the guy who doesn't even wow. know what state he's in is, is in charge of the but bomb. Jim, right? it's if, if Donald Trump was to sit on this panel, which, by the way, you're invited any time, former President Trump, if he was to sit on this panel right now, do you think he would listen to you and say, yeah, you know what, Lena, you're right. We have order here today. You know what, Jim, you're right. I'm seeing this passion. He would probably come out, come out and say something like, you know what, this place is a mess. we got to fix it. Something needs to be done. we got to fix it. you got to fix it. This is a mess. We how do, how do you tell him? But he wouldn't. He would not because he would, be, he would be close. Donald Trump is the type of person that will be on the boots on the street with the state committee, with the voters. He's very connected to what's going on. Donald Trump is the hardest working Even with the lawsuits? Even, Even with, with the lawsuits? He is an this, expert this is, in managing this, frivolous lawsuits. GOP, to him, it would go in one ear and out the, the other. The GOP is in, in, in disarray. But you said something, Charlie, and, we, and I don't want the Democrats to take for granted. Compared to what's happened, the Betsy Bug behavior of the Republicans, the Democrats look good. But if you lift up our hood, you might see a, a different story there. And I think when we come well, into this... What's the story? What's the story? Let's lift up that hood. Let's lift it up. We'll find out. Because the dynamics, you know, we moved our primary up until to February. And so that changed a lot of things. When when President Biden had uh, advocated for that, it was a different time. And he picked Michigan. He wanted us to move up because Michigan was more representative of the diversity of our nation. And so it's very important to have our voices up early. And so what we'll hear, we'll find out how those so, underrepresented communities so Leslie, will respond to this. Leslie, and, are, are, yeah. is what you're saying translation then the, the Democrats are going to be feasting on each other because there's no leadership? They all want to be governor? They all want to be Secretary of the State. They all want to be Attorney General. They all. Is that what you're saying? That's not up is for, that possible? That's not up for vote this but year. But it's possible. But a lot the of conversation of how, who's going to lead this nation and who's going to show up in terms of a Republican and Democratic fight for U.S. Senate, the U.S. Senate seat, and for president, there's a primary. Be very telling in so, February. Because if, if Trump comes in and supports, um, doesn't support Christine, and, and does this, the party could be in another type of uproar, and it's still div divisive. Yeah, it's going to be and settled then, very quickly. Please. Well, okay. so at the end of the day, when you when you talk about from the words of former President Trump saying the highest priorities for the next chairperson include fundraising, uniting the party, mobilizing Republican voters. Let's forget the mobilizing Republican voters. How do you how do you do the fundraising? You have an organization that needs funds right now. Absolutely. So um, the former administration with Christina Caramo disenfranchised the donors. She said to the donors, "We don't want you. We don't need you. We don't like you." Lena Epstein, as the next chair who's going to be elected in a couple of days, we're going to do an apology tour to the major donors and say, we apologize for leaving you behind or making you feel unwelcome. And I can tell you, gentlemen and lady, that there are incredibly <laughs> wonderful donors that are ready to be activated. Christina Caramo but, never, ever asked any of these people for money. But That's Lena, why she's been fired. Senator, how much money do you get from the Republican Party when you ran? Your money comes from individual donors that you yourself get. The party is a is an organization. The money comes from you, not the party. Isn't that uh, true? You're, you're, you're correct. For the largest part, the state uh, and both the Democrat and Republican Party, your House and Senate campaign committees run the bulk, of, raise the, the bulk of the money. Um, however,
However, there's a lot of what they call air cover money that could be raised by state parties. It's imperative to get that thing up and running as a as an operation. They can put victory centers together. So it has a role to play. I believe this is going to get fixed, and I believe this is going to be I, a victory for I us I talked this year. to a Republican who didn't want to come on the show today but said, I am, quote, embarrassed to be a part of this party, and I wish they could do better. Well, I'd Jen, like that person to show up and come talk to me about what the problem is, and we can sort Alina, it out. They don't know who to talk to because right now, Christina Caramo, the person who they first we're following is still saying she's the chair. They can call Melinda Pago, our acting chairman. If you can find her on the website, which has been removed, her name has been removed. Or they can call me. My number is readily available. I'm about to be named the next chair. I'm going to work very hard to earn those votes of state committee on Saturday. How do you know you're going to be named the next chair? How confident? Why are you so confident about that? I'm very confident mm -hmm. because I am a unifying member of this party. I am friends. I happen to personally like Christina Caramo. I keep her in my heart. I want the best for her. And she has a lot of people that have been very loyal to her, and those are my friends. We who's can come together uh, Leslie, under common mentality. The most by this infighting in any party, whether it be the Democratic Party, the Republican Party. Look, our friends who are sitting at home right now, they're not friends with Karamo or Lena or you or anybody who's up mm -hmm. here right now in elected. They're just trying to get through the day, through the year, and they're worried about right. the future. Should they be worried looking at Absolutely. all of what's going on? This is not good. The conflict that we have, or you guys have, in the GOP, <laughs> and um, and even within our party and what's happening right now, it's all fighting. We've, we're in three wars. We're fighting internally in the party, getting rid of speakers in Congress, um, and double-dog daring them. If they work with Democrats, they're going to be we, booted we out. We only of have about And now, more ahead. than ever, we need to act collectively for the United States of America. Who's going to win the, the next presidential election? Well, let's go through the line here. Go ahead, Leslie Love. Absolutely. If, what do you if, believe? If the world is centered in half peace, it's, it's, it's Mr. Biden. Donald Trump Jim is going to crush this election. He's going to win in a landslide. Lita, They're not going to vote for that, uh, that guy that doesn't know what state he's in. I was I was Donald Trump's statewide chairman in 2016, and he will go down for in my life forever as the greatest president that ever walked this you earth. You want a cabinet position, don't you? I want him to be my president again. Yeah. Lena Epstein, we thank, thank you, you for joining thank us thank here today. Thank you for today. having me. Jim Michigan Runset, thank done you. A whole, we get President Biden back. He's done a lot for Michigan, for Michigan, and so we want to make sure we have civility and stability in the we next election. Civility and stability, something that you hear right here on Let It Rip. We let we have all the perspectives here. You make up your mind at home. One that is hard to make up. Your mind on is what's going on with electric vehicles? Are they really the future? Some drivers are saying not so fast. They'll want to put the brakes on it. And guess what? Sales have been about as cold as this week's winter blast. We're diving into what it'll take to get Americans to buy in or if gas powered cars will rule the roads forever. That's when we come back. Back now, Letter Rip, talking about the ice cold electric vehicle sales by many people's standards. I'm joined now by Auto Line's John McElroy, Michigan Capital Confidential Managing Editor James David Dixon is also with us, and Fox 2 anchor and attorney Charlie Langton. Let's rev things up right away and talk about this issue. This week, the cold weather struck, and there were fights at the Tesla charging station, not far from the station here, as people were cutting in line. Why? Because they were losing more charge than they imagined in this bitterly cold weather. And so, John McElroy, McElroy, you know, you have the big three and you have the Biden administration running their lips talking about how electric is the future. The future isn't now, is it? Future is getting to be now. Look, we've seen enormous improvements in electric cars over the last decade. We're going to see even more in the next decade. 
but they're not for everybody right now. Electric cars can fill the needs of millions of Americans, but not for everyone. If you take frequent long distance trips, if you tow a boat or a horse trailer or uh, anything else, you, you don't want an electric but right John, now. But John, these are people who are actually just going to work, driving from Southfield to Detroit, who were at a charging station on Woodward saying, oh my goodness, I need to get this thing. Did they keep into account the fact that these batteries are still at kind of like the beginning stages, right? Well, look, everybody should know who's buying an electric car that you lose range in the cold weather. The, all the headlines have been about Tesla chargers, not anybody else's chargers, just Tesla's. And most of the stories came out of Chicago, too, by the way. I've been driving an electric car all this week, uh, a Volvo C40. I test drive all different kinds of cars. I had no problem charging it whatsoever. I had no problem with, with the Did car. Did you charge at home? I charged at work because we've got a level two charger right there. So you get about 20, 30 miles every hour on the car. Not even that much. It, it was 16 miles an hour, but okay. I'm parked there for eight hours. I have right. plenty uh, to, to get around for the rest of the day, and I charge uh, the next if day. If you're a hardworking guy like John McElroy, you'll get an eight-hour charge. If you're a, a slacker, you'll only get three or four, right? <laughs> but, but James David Dixon, you're here to tell us, uh, hey, listen, uh, this may not be working for everybody, even those who have an electric vehicle who thought it would work. Right, what John described is a show horse, not a workhorse. It's not actually set up to do the long haul. It's not set up to do actual work. And I think you said it best, it's not for everybody. Okay, so why is the state of Michigan about to spend $125 million this year on electric school buses? Right, so we have they're a, the perfect we, application. We a, they're a short drain, but aren't they sit around? Not, the not necessarily. Not necessarily short drives. Sure, they are. Amazon trucks. We're seeing those are electric now, running around town. Don't we want some of these kind of delivery vehicles to be electric? Doesn't that help the environment and help everybody? I, I would ask at what cost, right? So uh, these these school buses all come from one source, the U.S. EPA. They're spending about five billion dollars over five years. They've spent 1.84 billion on 5,100 buses. That's $360,000 per bus. Too much. Way too much. So, Charlie Langton, when you much talk to, much. You talk to well, the people I, on the roads, you've actually talked to them. I can't do that kind of math. About all, that was good. I was, way, I was trying wow. to do it, and I said, I'll let James Ooh, do it. Uh, wow. But when you look at the, the, the average person on the street, uh, and then you see what the big three, and you talk about the Biden administration, because there are so many Democrats who are pushing this and saying people should get into electric cars. Um, does this make sense to the to the typical consumer out there? Well, you know, we'll, we'll have a little survey toward the end of the show a little bit, but but there are some there are some skeptics. Put it that way. First of all, there's it's pricing and it's the how far can you go? Uh, I don't think they're there yet. They're more comfortable, it seems, in hybrid, maybe breaking into it. The problem, though, is that the government mandating a certain date, 2035 or so, where the, everyone's got to be. Having an, you're not going to be able to buy any more uh, gas-powered cars. California is taking the lead on this, and I think that when you get the government involved in private industry, I, I foresee problems. Is that wise, John, to tell uh, the auto industries that, or the auto industry setting their own regulations, say by this year we're going to be done with something that is right now the mainstream? Let's back up and look at the big picture here. The whole world's going electric. China's leading the way. China set a goal 15 years ago to dominate this and take over the global auto industry. 
So if we want to surrender to China, sure, go right ahead. When I'm you say China's worried. taking over electric, what do you mean? The uh, companies they, are taking over? Uh, They're making the batteries, right? They have lined up all the raw materials. They do all the processing. And it comes to a national security issue here. You know, when our military drops our war fighters in a combat zone, each and every one of our war fighters has 18 pounds of batteries as part of their gear. Communication devices, night vision, where do you think most of those batteries come from? China. They come from China. And if they don't come from China, the raw materials that went into making them were processed in China. So this is not just an automotive thing. We've got to have a robust battery industry in the United States, raw materials mined and processed here, or we're going to become dependent on China, and we need the volume of the auto industry to get us Jack, to you just described a problem, not a solution. And but to and build the batteries in America, why do, why do so many people sneer at when you hear the Whitmer administration talk about a company that may be coming uh, to Michigan to build batteries, why is that looked at as something that's just political and not for, as John points out, perhaps the future of our economy and our, our, our kind it, of military? It is viewed as problematic, regardless of how you view it politically. China is an adversary of the United States. We shouldn't be mealy-mouthed right, about this. Right, so let's this. get off our dependence And China actually them. views us that way, too. Uh, and so, uh, when you talk about these rare earth minerals, even if America tomorrow were to corner the market on the minerals themselves, China still has all the refining and all the processing so capability, meaning the road for the EV per se goes through China. There's not two, three roads. There's one road, and it goes through China. And the oh, idea of us being point, more dependent on an adversary why not make the road, make the batteries, make the parts, foolish. mine them here? Why not do that, No, James? do it here. You know, why the not biggest, do it here? The Shouldn't biggest start rare process earth open right mine now? in the world is in California. They ship everything to China to get processed. We need to do that here. Do you agree, and that's James? What this do you think we need to do that? I've not, I've not seen any them. plan on the table to bring that capacity here overnight. Well, you've got to do more research. In the absence, overnight? And overnight in the absence of an overnight transition, no, it's what not is overnight. the plan? To become more dependent on China? No. That's not the answer. Okay, so let's talk about some of the incentives. The answer is no. The incentives are... Uh, uh, could be misleading. We've had a lot of people tell us, look, I went and leased an electric car, I thought I would get a uh, X number of thousand dollar rebate, and it didn't happen because you have to buy the car to get the rebate. That's not true as of right now. As of right now, you can get the $7,500 at the point of sale. That just changed beginning January 1 this year. Oh, it just changed a few just weeks ago. Just changed, Even yes. to lease a car, you can get the 7500 to, to lease a car, the, the dealer should, if it's a good dealer, and if they're not doing it, negotiate with them, they should take that $7,500 and incorporate it into your lease. So, John, I have to ask you this, which we asked Debbie Dingell, and we've talked to the Biden administration and Jennifer Granholm about this on this program. You know, the problem that a lot of people see is the fact that they say this is for the environment in part. Mm -hmm. But when you're looking at an 800-pound battery in the back seat of a car that's literally sitting there, what happens when the car dies and it's time to dispose of the battery. Have we thought about that? Yeah, absolutely we have. In fact, Michigan in Wixom has a, there's a company called Serba that recycles batteries, all kinds of batteries, including electric car batteries. In fact, in the EV industry, recycling is recognized as one of the great opportunities. It's going to be a gold mine. In fact, the, the goal is 
not around the corner because none of this is going to happen overnight. It's not short term. But if you look 20, 30 years down the road, there's going to be so many electric car batteries out there that we're going to greatly diminish our mining from it and get most of it from recycling. But is 2035, is that too soon? That's too soon, Charlie. Look, but that's it, the government's telling look, us, if, I thought. If, if you reach for the stars, maybe you'll hit the moon. If you but if you it, reach for the come. moon. Well, are, are we shooting Field of Dreams here? What is this? Well, how many, how many are EVs, we running a government? How many EVs were sold last year in the United States? I know how Michigan many? had about 33,000. How, how many were out sold? Of, and, and how much out of 33,000 in Michigan that we had. And Governor Whitmer thinks we're going to get to 2 million. He doesn't want to say the number, John. Over a million. Over a million EVs were sold in the United States last year. Point being? And so the point being is that Bloomberg New Energy Finance that looks at these and projects these things, which by the way, it last year it also called right what the sales number would be. They're projecting this year 1.8 million. So if there's a way to recycle, it's going up. It's way, going up far faster than anything else. If there's a way to recycle the battery environmentally friendly in a way to do so, and on top of that, help with emissions by making sure that we're not blowing up the ozone, James, why not do it? That strikes me as a big if. It's certainly something that they've not figured out now. We're at a point where, it, where, where a scratch to an EV battery can render the battery unusable. So the idea that all no. these batteries no. are just going to be reusable, when? About there recycle, are Teslas right? out there with 300, when? 400, 500,000 well, miles on them with no problem with the battery. We're going to get to some final thoughts with both of our distinguished guests here in just a moment. And by the way, Charlie is taking a letter rip on the road. Electric vehicle. No. It's not enough ports around for the electric cars. Cool, but very expensive. I think it's a great thing for the environment, but my number one concern is what if the power goes out? What do I do if I need to get somewhere? Would you buy an electric vehicle though? I would love to, but uh, it doesn't make sense for me. Why not? Well, I can do the same thing with a four banger. I don't like to be able to stop and have it take the time to get it recharged. You can know where the locations are for the charge your car, and it's convenient, then I, I would uh, look into getting an electric car. What about the government telling us to go electric pretty soon? It's a hope and a wish. I don't think they should tell us how to spend our money. We have oil, and we have enough in terms of being able to give us adequate supply for the future. I like how they look like it. They look like very, very good and very fast. James David Dixon, final thoughts. Uh, too much, too soon, too much cost. It's just not ready yet. The EV's not ready. Good for the environment? Maybe. John? Uh, look, it's the future. We're going that way. It's so much more efficient. As I've indicated, there's a national security uh, part of this. EV sales were a million last year. They're growing even more. So, look, there's a lot of problems. I fully admit it. EVs are not for everybody right now. Give it a few years. They're going to be so much better than they are today. All right. Well, that does it for this edition of Letter Rep. We want to thank our panel for joining us today. We'll be revisiting this one as we get closer to that 2035 mark, I'm sure. <laughs> In the meantime, we thank you for joining us. Have a great night. The Let It Rip discussion continues online. Sound off on Facebook, X, formerly Twitter, or Fox2Detroit.com.